Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can be there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. If you're a fan of films of the 1990s, obviously you're going to be interested in the film I'm going to be doing today. It's the third film in the Bad Boys series thus far. I think there's going to be another one coming out pretty soon based on the box office numbers this one did. But if you like films of the 1980s, I do invite you to check out my other podcast. You can find the link to it at my website. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. Just go to quipster.net, click that link, click subscribe, and you'll be getting all those reviews as I go through them. Bad Boys for Life. It's an R-rated film. It does have strong bloody violence, language throughout, sexual references, and brief drug use. The runtime is two hours and four minutes. Obviously, this is going to be bringing back Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Paula Nunez, Jacob Scipio, Joe Pantoliano, Kate Del Castillo, Teresa Randall, Vanessa Hudgens, Alexander Ludwig, and Charles Melton are also in this film. The directors are Adil and Bilal, also known as Adil LRB and Bilal Falah. The screenplay credited to Chris Bremner, Peter Craig, and Joe Carnahan. Now, Bad Boys 3, it had been in the works at least for 10 years. The script phase actually began back in 2009. Columbia Pictures at that time assigned Peter Craig. He was the co-writer of Ben Affleck's The Town. He got the first pass. None of the principal players had yet signed on to return, but they were all amenable if there was a good story to come back to, and they wanted him to deliver a good script. And also, pending the studio paying for their higher asking prices at the time, Martin Lawrence would keep his schedule open, as open as can be anyway, for the return, and he waited on the rest of the main cast and the creative talent to find their own windows of opportunity and commit to it. David Guggenheim, he was the creator of Designated Survivor and also the scribe for Safe House. He did some uncredited screenplay work in 2014. By 2016, this thing had been really moving forward. Joe Carnahan, he announced that he was revising that Peter Craig script and would also serve as the director for Bad Boys for Life, which is what he dubbed it, for a pending 2017 release. And he would follow that up with a fourth film to be released in 2019. However, there were production delays, of course, and there were ultimately creative differences between Joe Carnahan and Will Smith that caused Carnahan to vacate the director's chair. His edition of the Hotshot Young Ammo team remains through the next revision. So Carnahan does retain a screenplay credit here. In 2017, Will Smith, he used the opportunity for Sony to find a new director. He ended up signing on to do other projects, including Disney's live-action remake of Aladdin. He did contemplate starring also in Tim Burton's Dumbo for Disney, and that would push forward the production date yet again. Craig Bremner did the final revision of the script, and soon principal filming would begin. In 2018, Moroccan-born Belgian-trained filmmakers Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, they signed on to direct. They had impressed Jerry Bruckheimer and Will Smith with their prior effort back in 2015 called Black. Joe Carnahan was attached at that time, but when he vacated it, Bruckheimer remembered them and he approached them to take it up. According to Will Smith, Michael Bay was out of their price range to return as the director for Bad Boys 3 or Bad Boys for Life. So they ended up taking a chance on this talented duo that were far less expensive options. Although they are relative newcomers to Hollywood, they do pack their film here with the same aesthetic vibe and that penchant for personality-based humor that Michael Bay did so well, or maybe so poorly, depending on your opinion of Michael Bay in those first two entries. They deliberately have constructed Bad Boys for Life as an homage 
Entourage beyond just bad boys. They dip into the Lethal Weapon series, the Die Hard series for a lot of inspiration. Tony Scott directed flicks of the 1990s and a lot of other tropes you can find in many over-the-top action thrillers from the mid to late 1990s. There are a lot more practical stunts here, a lot less green screening, I think, than a lot of action films that come out today. It delivers similarly high-octane, lowbrow entertainment, and it all looks very aesthetically good. And that means that all roles here are a cast for looks over talent. Everything looks very high-tech. The police station department looks like it's uh, in a multi-million dollar command center and computer terminals, one of my pet peeves, it displays all of the bloops and bleeps and random numbers and whiz-bang doodads displayed all over the place. No one in real life would tolerate that from their computers. Unless you're into Michael Bay's films for the way that he tries to peek up the skirt or down the blouses of his female cast members, I think his style is not going to be missed at all here because in every other way, they touch all of the bases that Bay usually does. But if you miss Michael Bay anyway, just know that he does make a cameo appearance in Bad Boys for Life. However, even if they crib from Michael Bay, who's not necessarily well-respected among most critics, although fans tend to like his films, the handling of the characters here and drawing out solid performances by Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it seems to be better all around, better than the first two films. Will Smith here and Martin Lawrence, they work extensively with potential supporting actors. To They had a chemistry test for them to see if they wanted to play off of one another in the film, and that led to the casting of Hudgens and Ludwig and Melton. And Reggaeton's Nicky Jam also auditioned, but he had an inside track to the role. He had a prior relationship with Will Smith. They did a song together for FIFA World Cup. It was called Live It Up. Will Smith, he ended up taking a pay cut for an executive producer role through his deal with Overbrook Entertainment that they have with Sony Pictures. So he gets a percentage of the profit in exchange for lower upfront costs. And the banter that you expect from a Bad Boys film, it's all still here. And I would say that that banter is Bad Boy for Life's saving grace. Just enough of it, providing the requisite smiles and guffaws for longtime fans to come away feeling like the wait was pretty much worth it. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they work really well together. They're really worth watching, even when whatever else is going on is not remotely interesting. Smith continues to play the macho shoot-first cop Mike Lowry. You know, Will Smith here not missing a step, even though he's 25 years older than his debut in the franchise. Well, I guess one step may be missed. He's decided that he's beyond doing all of his own stunts this time out. He said the stuntman can do it this time. Martin Lawrence, he gets the biggest laughs here, lampooning life as a family man. Marcus Burnett, he clearly craves putting down the dangerous life behind him to fulfill his new role as a grandfather. His partner, Mike, gets gunned down by this up-and-coming Miami crime kingpin named Armando Armas, who pops a few rounds into him at the direction of his ruthless mother named Isabel. They're getting revenge on all of these cops and lawyers who took down her drug lord husband years before. Unlike the never-subtle Michael Bay, Adil and Bilal do show a lot of cleverness in their delivery to make a handful of their scenes rise to the top of the franchise. There's a montage that depicts the contrasting lives of vengeful Mike and the comfortable-in-retirement Marcus. Mike cranks down on a gear shift during a hot pursuit, and then you see Marcus pull down on the lever to pick up the footrest of his recliner. There's a few running sight gags like that. More scenes like this, I think, would be welcome. They do remain more the exception than the norm here, but Due to Marcus making a pact with God to hang up the bad boy's life if Mike pulls through from his shooting, he refuses to join forces with his longtime partner on exacting revenge on Armando, and to help supplement the cover, 
Loose Cannon Mike teams up with the By the Book Ammo Division of the Police Force, a group of young guns with high-tech weapons. And, of course, when tragedy strikes once again, Marcus is going to get off that recliner for one more chance at the guts and glory to ride or die with the bad boys. You know, the action, the laughs, they're all still here. A couple of surprisingly well-done emotional beats are here, too. Enough for this to land about as well as one of the latter half films in the Fast and Furious franchise. If you like those films, I think you'll probably enjoy a lot of what Bad Boys for Life has to offer. The quality of the film, though, I can't get too ecstatic. The film does begin to go astray during the finale. It bites off more than it can chew in the story department, and, and it really asks us to try to believe in black magic witchery and a backstory to Mike Lowry's past that needlessly ties him to the bad guys in ways that raise far more questions, I think, than it answers by the time it rolls credits. But given that it seems like it's going to be continuing on with the fourth film, I guess it does have a chance to answer those questions. But in addition to that, there are some echoes here in the reveals that will remind you of Will Smith's prior film called Gemini Man. They're really connected in a lot of ways in terms of the plot line, and they do both share the same composer, Lauren Balf. You know, a lot of this plays with the formula you've come to know and maybe love, maybe despise from the Bad Boys films. It does resurrect a lot of the greatest hits that you expect from the first two entries. And in over two decades have passed, so there are gags about growing older that pepper a lot of the dialogue. You have Viagra riffs and hair color product jokes and needing eyeglasses to see whatever you're looking at with your pistol. And a lot of this is in service of pleasing the fans. And you can't say that it doesn't deliver the goods for those who are looking for not much more than jocularity and eye candy action sequences. I think if you're looking for the franchise to transcend its formula to be something more, you're going to come away pretty empty-handed here. I would say it's probably a better film in terms of quality. It's definitely much more competently made than the previous Bad Boys films. I don't know if I find it better or worse than the first Bad Boys but it is close to the spirit of Michael Bay's original. But if you know me and you know my reviews, you know that I found Bad Boys 2 to be overly long and just god-awful. I thought that Bad Boys 2 was one of the worst films of 2003. So by actually delivering something relatively competent, maybe people might be overpraising Bad Boys for Life. I think if you love films of the 1990s, I have trouble myself with a lot of those action films, but if you do love those films, you'll find plenty here to admire. The requisite slow-motion action sequences, the wall-to-wall soundtrack, the nostalgia, all of that kicks in whenever you hear the familiar score from the first film all over again. I think, thankfully, it's over 20 minutes less in runtime than Bad Boys 2, but still, Bad Boys for Life is probably, in my opinion, 20 minutes longer than it really needed to be to deliver maximum impact. Somewhere in this mix, I think there is actually a quality movie that yearns to break free, but there is that leaden and misguided backstory for its villains, maybe one boss villain too many here. I think anytime the bad boys are off the screen and the bad guys are on it, the film does begin to feel like it's trying to drive with the emergency brakes on. It really is sluggish. So I think if you do like the first two bad boys films, if you even like bad boys 2, then I think that the bar is sufficiently low enough. Bad Boys for Life is going to offer plenty more for you to enjoy. It does offer some of the best character moments. The acting performances here by the leads is the best in the series thus far, but good storytelling continues to elude this franchise. Unfortunately, a lot of the levels of cartoon violence, the prolonged shootouts, the explosions galore, they have dominated all of these movies so much that fans are likely never going to accept sacrificing the formula of the Bad Boys films in pursuit of a good film, and that relegates a lot of these Bad Boys franchise films to be bad for life. So, 
It's a real close call. Actually, I, I really tempted to recommend this film with a three-star rating because it does deliver the goods. But as I sometimes say, it delivers the goods, but it also delivers the bad. So I have to hedge my bets here. I do like the first Bad Boys, by the way. I do recommend that film. I hate Bad Boys too. I almost recommend Bad Boys for Life, but it's just not one of those films that I can totally get behind. But I do think that if you are a Bad Boys fan through and through, you will come away liking this. But if you've been somebody who's been relatively unimpressed, or maybe it's not your bag, these Bad Boys films, I don't think this is going to be the one that turns you around. It definitely is very much in keeping with the spirit of the others, even though it's probably less offensive than those other films in a lot of respects. So two and a half stars is what I'm going to be giving Bad Boys for Life. By the way, if you do end up seeing this film, just know that once the credits start rolling, don't turn away. There are a couple of extra scenes at the beginning of the closing credits, including one that seems to be setting up for the inevitable sequel that's going to come out probably within the next couple of years. So stick around for that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you have your own thoughts on bad boys and you want to impart them to me, you can find my contact information on my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other social media listings, my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, my Instagram. You can even just email me. You can do that all at my website, quipster.net. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. 